Welcome to Hancock Talks, your source for insights about life insurance trends and opportunities with a focus on tactics that can help drive your sales. This podcast is for financial professional use only. It is not intended for use with the public. This material is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide advice. The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. Please listen to the important disclosures at the end of this podcast. Now, let's get started with your host, Karen Egan. Hello, welcome to Hancock Talks, and thanks for being with us today. I'm pleased to have Carly Brooks, AVP, Head of Advanced Markets and Counsel for John Hancock, here to talk about business planning opportunities in 2021. So welcome, Carly. But before we get started, congratulations on your recent promotion. Oh, thanks so much, Karen. And thank you for the warm welcome and for having me on the show today. I'm honored to have the opportunity to lead such a talented team of attorneys and consultants. Really excited to be here today with all of you to take a look at the many legislative changes that may be ahead of us that will impact business owner clients. I think everyone listening should feel really confident about the solutions we can offer and the opportunity that lies ahead for us in the business market. So before we dive into the legislative proposals, Define for the audience what you mean by a small business owner. You know, walk through a typical client profile on that for us. Absolutely, Karen. Most of the business planning opportunities we see is what we define as the small business market. These are going to be companies that make up the majority of the businesses in the U.S. I've actually read that 99% of all U.S. businesses are defined as small businesses. And what that means is it's companies who have less than 500 employees. The interesting thing is, of these small businesses, so 99% of U.S. businesses, they actually employ about half of the U.S. workforce. Many of the business owners that we work with are owners of pass-through entities, so things like LLCs, taxed as partnerships, S-corporations, and sole proprietorships. The client profiles that we see really do vary by industry and size. It could be from manufacturing, farming, retail, food services, uh, to medical fields. We work with financial professionals such as CPAs, lawyers, and wealth planners. The point is that everyone listening today, you all know a small business owner, and you actually might even be one yourself. These are owners who typically have a host of competing planning objectives. And a lot of those objectives are things like retaining and rewarding key employees, as well as concerns about their own retirement security and succession plans. Can you expand on some of the, what are the unique challenges that they are facing today? Absolutely. Starting and sustaining a small business is very, very difficult, particularly as you think about transitioning that business into future generations. There's a number of challenges that business owners face. And Karen, I'll walk through some of those. So the first challenge that that I would say comes up for business owners is that the value of the business is often distinctly tied to the owner or the owner's. So you may have an owner who has very specific skills, um, or maybe they've employed unique efforts to grow their business and generate income for their families. Because of that, there's the potential for economic turmoil if something happens to that business owner. And that's even more true if they have few or no employees. Secondly, most business owners say they plan to sell their business to fund most of their retirement. So Karen, if you're relying on the proceeds from the business sale to fund your retirement, you can run into some difficulties. It can be really problematic if when you're ready to retire, the market conditions have changed. Next, finding a successor can be a big challenge. 
Many of the business owners that I've worked with say that finding a buyer is the number one challenge they face other than emotionally letting go. Most business owners prefer to stay close to home when choosing a successor, such as transferring the business to a family member or selling to a key employee or co-owners. But as we know, that's not always possible. We see this as a particular challenge in industries where special skills or designations are required. For example, you're not going to sell your dental practice to your son if he's not a dentist. But even if the owner has a successor in mind, there's challenges that come with that as well. That's especially true when the plan is to transfer the business to a family member, such as an adult child. In that case, there can be a need to equalize the estate to non-employee children. And we also have to consider the child's aptitude to run the business and continue its success. So how willing are customers going to be to work with this new successor? Well, 2020 was certainly challenging for all of us, but especially challenging for business owners. What did you hear from those you know, different business owners and different producers of ours? Uh, what were the challenges that they were attempting to address last year? Of course, Karen. You know, As you pointed out, 2020 was really nothing we could have predicted. And it's no secret that many small business owners across so many industries were impacted last year by the pandemic. Heading into this year, a lot of those business owners continue to face really unprecedented challenges. Industries like the restaurant industry, entertainment, hospitality, all of those industries particularly come to mind as, as being heavily hit by the pandemic. Other industries, though, you'd be surprised. You know, We saw new opportunities in some cases, and in certain instances, boosts in sales. For example, my sister helps to run a ski shop up in the Adirondack Mountains, and their small business has been thriving. They're selling out of skis and equipment at record paces where you have people that are just looking to get outdoors. So it's really important for everyone listening that as you prospect to business owners, that you're sensitive to the current planning environment and being mindful of the emotional and financial hurdles that many owners faced last year and understand that some may be still rebuilding. The point is that while nobody could have predicted or planned for the pandemic, the good news is that some of the solutions we'll cover today can help secure income needs for business owners in the future. You know, I I think that's a great point. We've heard a lot of speculation obviously about tax law changes under the Biden administration. So how about providing an overview, if you can for us, just of those proposals and the ones that you think are most likely going to impact the business owner client? Absolutely. As I mentioned at the beginning, business owners typically face a number of different competing challenges and have a host of planning needs. But if you're trying to think about this in terms of how do I prioritize and which one, which should I tackle first, I find that most business owners, their first concern is going to be ensuring their own retirement and making sure that their legacy goals are satisfied. So that's that's usually top of the list when I'm working with business owners. I expect high net worth business owners because of that, they're going to be keeping a very close eye on those proposals that we've talked about in the past related to transfer taxes and income taxation. Specifically transfer taxes, we've covered this on past shows, but The Biden plan has proposed to reduce the lifetime gift and estate tax exemption amounts from the current $11.7 million exemption to a $3.5 million base and increase the maximum rate on transfers to 45%. We also saw a proposal to eliminate the step up in basis on assets at death and possibly tax unrealized capital gains, which could result in additional tax exposure for those business owners who are likely holding appreciated assets. Karen, as we know at this point, anything's possible. But as we start to unpack the legislative changes that could occur this year, 
it's really important that we're talking about flexible solutions and also realizing that some business owners may want to take advantage of this increased exemption amount by gifting to trusts right now. Well, what about the business owners that are on the fence right now about gifting just because there is so much uncertainty? What would you say to them? It's a great question. For business owners who are concerned about gifting right now, given the uncertainty, uh, there's also been some speculation and possibility that tax laws enacted in 2021 could be retroactive to January 1st, 2021. So that's been a concern for some people. Uh, For those individuals who are hesitant to plan, what we'd recommend in a lot of these cases is consider leveraging the low interest rate environment. So for business owners in particular, there can be an opportunity to sell business interest to intentionally defective trusts or implement other types of financing techniques. It's also very possible that we could see some of those Obama-era regulatory priorities revived. So things like limiting valuation discounts for closely held business interests, those types of things we'll want to keep a close eye on. And in some of those cases, too, it's, it's, it might make sense for business owners to revisit ownership structures now, take advantage of using valuation discounts, if appropriate, while they still can. But regardless of what ultimately happens, we do expect for there to be an increased need for high net worth clients, and with that, business owners in particular, to purchase life insurance for estate planning purposes. As many of us know, liquidity needs are very top of mind for business owners. Uh, you know, By the nature of business interests, they're not always the most liquid assets that clients own in their estate. So there's often a liquidity need. Estate taxes are typically due nine months after death. So that becomes even more important. But beyond that, just the messaging for the products we offer in this environment, I think is going to be very strong this year. So what about income tax planning specifically, that being a focus for business owners? Will you speak to that? Sure. So we have to first look at taxes at the federal level. At this point, that's somewhat of an exercise of reading from the crystal ball, similar to the estate tax proposals that we've been speculating on. But we do anticipate that it's likely for some business owners to face higher taxes on the federal level, with those earning over 400,000 potentially facing increased taxes. There was also a proposal to double the payroll tax. So that could also impact some of the business owners that we work with. One result of everything that's also happened in 2020, though, that I find to be particularly interesting is that there was a renewed focus on migration between states. There's been much written about tax exiles, um, and including corporations fleeing high-income tax states like California and my home state of New York to states that have lower tax rates or no income tax rates like Texas or Florida. Uh, but keep in mind, state-level taxes are always subject to change and sometimes very quickly. As such, you know, Karen, as we're working with business owner clients and thinking about both state level as well as federal level taxes, the tax diversification story and what I'd think of for the business owner as personal key person is going to be really important. So when you think about a business owner, particularly of a closely held small business, that person is is key to the success of that business. Um, The success of the business not only depends on that person, but the person's also key to their family's financial security as well. So that's where we think of it as personal key person. And that tax diversification story and life insurance as a retirement backstop in particular is going to be very compelling right now. So I'd expect these high income earner clients to be looking for for tax diversification and tax-free access to potential supplemental income to help protect against key retirement risks that they might face. So things like an economic downturn, increased taxes in retirement, and of course, the income tax-free death benefit that can help to protect against the business value. 
Carly, what other business planning opportunities do you see on the horizon? So Karen, at a high level, I'd expect core business planning opportunities in 2021 to include some of the opportunities that we always have. So business succession planning. So that's going to include things like buy-sell planning, helping to protect the business against the loss of a key employee with key person coverage, retaining and rewarding and even recruiting key employees through executive compensation planning. Some of those solutions could be things like a 162 or executive bonus arrangement with or without a restrictive endorsement non-qualified deferred compensation plans, split dollar arrangements, a lot of options for business owners who are looking to retain a key employee. Also, as we consider the Biden administration tax proposals, the potential loss and step-up in basis could have a significant impact in designing funding strategies for buy-sell arrangements. So that's something a little bit unique to keep in mind. So how that would work is if the selling business owner doesn't receive a step-up in basis at death, there could be an additional capital gains tax triggered when the sale occurs at the death of the selling business owner. So if that came to fruition, the planning team could consider using additional life insurance on the life of the selling business owner to offset the capital gains tax recognized by the selling party at death. This new life insurance need would be in addition to the life insurance that the purchasers would already need to own on the seller's life to fund the buy-sell arrangement. So we could see some new opportunities there. I think that if that did go into effect, there would be a real opportunities for opportunity for planners to revisit existing buy-sell arrangements, both to make sure that the purchase price for the buy-sell is adequately funded, but also to address this new need for the seller to cover capital gains taxes at death. In any event, I still think it's a really good idea just from a planning tip and practice tips perspective for those who work with business owners, always a good idea to take a look at buy-sell agreements and make sure that they still meet the current needs of the business. So if there's been owners who have come and gone, or if the value of the business has increased or decreased, there's sometimes gaps in coverage uh, that can be identified through a quick buy-sell agreement review. All right, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the C corporations that file under a C structure. Sure. So as we talked about earlier, most of the business owners that we work with being small business owners of closely held companies typically are pass-throughs, but it's important that we spend a minute to talk about C-corporations and the Biden administration proposals. The Biden administration has proposed to increase the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. For corporate-owned life insurance, planners will also want to watch whether the alternative minimum tax gets reenacted and what what the income thresholds will be for its application to C-corporations. If that does get reenacted, C-corporation owners will need to be concerned about triggering the accumulated earnings tax, even if corporate income tax rates are increased from 21% to 28%. And what is the accumulated earnings tax? It's an additional 20% tax that can apply to C-corporations that have excess accumulated earnings. So whenever individual income tax rates are significantly higher than C-corporation tax rates, what that does is it creates an incentive for C-corporation owners with high incomes to try to retain earnings inside of the C-corporation. So what we might see is you might see clients who are trying to keep their incomes down under that $400,000 threshold if we see tax legislation passed this year targeting those higher income earners. And I would expect the IRS to potentially counter that move by enforcing the accumulated earnings tax, which is something that we haven't really seen enforced much in prior years. 
With that, we do anticipate that C-corporations will want to use permanent life insurance for policies with cash accumulations for things like key person coverage to informally fund non-qualified deferred compensation plans. Uh, There's a lot of uses for C-corporations for business-owned insurance, and by having that incorporated in their plans, that can reduce the risk that that 20% accumulated earnings tax will be imposed. As you mentioned, though, many of our clients are owners of pass-through entities, And some of those business owners benefited from the new 199A deduction that was introduced as part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. What do you think the future is for 199A? So Karen, 199A, which as you mentioned, many small business owners did benefit from that 199A deduction that was introduced back in 2017. 199A is set to expire in 2025. Under the Biden administration, it is possible that we could see a phase out sooner. For high income business owners, what that means is that there's going to be an increased appetite to keep tax free dollars tax free. So these are owners who are keenly aware of wanting to protect their businesses, and they're interested not only in the tax free death benefit, but also the tax free cash value accumulation, as well as living benefit riders and incorporating wellness not only for themselves, but for their key employees. Well, we know another keep me up at night issue for business owners is the loss of a key employee. Expand on what types of executive retention strategies we're likely to see this year. Yes, absolutely. So turnover is a hot button item for many business owners. It's extremely costly to lose a valuable employee. So not just hiring and onboarding, but there's all these soft costs of turnover that we don't always think about. So things like lost productivity, decreased engagement by other employees, and an overall impact on company culture. There's so many different ways you can structure executive benefit plans that are tax efficient for the business and also can serve as a golden handcuff for the executive or the employee. Some potential things we could see this year, Karen, so if income tax rates for both C-corporations and high-earning individuals change, then those rate change would impact the effectiveness of both executive bonus plans and non-qualified deferred comp plans. For example, as C-corporation income tax rates increase, the value of a current corporate income tax deduction increases. Conversely, the highest income earners may be more interested in non-qualified deferred compensation plans to avoid currently recognizing additional taxable income. Employees have also said that they're looking for ways to improve health and mental well-being. Here at John Hancock, our Vitality and our Aspire solutions are ways for employers to help meet that demand. So we got a lot of traction last year where there was this real renewed focus on health and wellness on our Vitality and Aspire programs. And Aspire is the first and only life insurance solution for clients living with type 2 diabetes. And because of that, I think, again, it was because we had this real front and center focus on protection and health and well-being. That transcends into the business planning space. So business owners statistically benefit from employees who care about wellness engagement. In some cases, we've seen reduced healthcare costs, less absences, and increased productivity with those corporate wellness programs. Vitality can act as as a great solution in those situations. Um, Lastly, given the low interest rate environment, I'd also expect things like loan regime split dollar to continue to resonate, particularly in the nonprofit space for highly compensated employees who are looking to plan around the 4960 excise tax that was recently enacted. Well, you have given us lots of different ideas. Certainly, there are many opportunities on the table for all of us this year. So any last thoughts? Well, Karen, I can't, like I said, I can't 
thank you enough for having me on today. It's, it's been fun. But like I said at the beginning, we really should feel very confident about the opportunity that lies ahead for us in the business market. That being said, and, and hopefully this resonated today, but business owners faced so many different competing priorities. We talked about a lot today in terms of planning for their family, planning for the succession of their business, protecting against the loss of a key employee. There's so many things going on for business owners. So it's so important that when you're working with business owners or trying to prospect in this space, that you understand the client's planning objectives and don't introduce more complexity than is needed. We have a lot of tools and resources to help arm you for success in this space. We can help point you in the right direction when the options may seem overwhelming. So I just would say really utilize our advanced markets team. We look forward to being your partner for success. And here's to a great 2021. Let's move to our next segment of the show, the advanced markets corner. I want to welcome back Anna Canellos. Karen, it's great to be back to share with our listeners some of the popular tools we have here in the advanced markets that can support the planning Carly was just mentioning. Well, that's great to hear. How about just jump right in? Tell our listeners how we can help them specifically with their business owner clients. Certainly. I would be remiss if I didn't start with our number one asset, and that is our human capital. There is a lot going on, whether they are legislative changes or even all the nuances that pertain to the business market. I would argue the number one way advanced markets can help is by calling or emailing us, i.e. our human capital. Our AMCs would love nothing more than to work on cases side by side with the firms and producers we serve to help. Our advanced markets attorneys are watching the legislative landscape and are keenly aware of all the nuances. Bottom line, we are focused on tailoring flexible solutions to meet client needs where change not only happens, but is expected, and where we can cover multiple needs, not only focused on tax planning, which is an important component, but not the only component of the story. Well, without a doubt, working hand in hand with our advanced markets has proven to be the secret sauce for many of our producers over the years. What would you say is your best tool available for them? We have a lot of really great resources. So for those of you who want to read more about buy, sell, or any other planning concept, we have those flyers to help. In 2021, we launched some short, quick videos, and we have one on personal key person and buy, sell. If you're working with a CPA or an attorney who wants to know about technical issues such as 101J, we have a Because You Asked. And then we have tools such as Business Analyzer and more resources to help with your needs. And last, but certainly not least, our central intelligence has been a foundational legacy piece where we report on recent legislative updates. All of these can be found on jhsaleshub.com. But again, if you need help narrowing down the field of what might be helpful, please reach out to us. Well, Anna, thanks again for being with us. You always bring us lots of ideas and great resources and you tell us where to find them. So we appreciate you being here as always. Thanks for having me, Karen. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Hancock Talks. For more resources on today's topic, as well as access to more information about how to grow your insurance business, visit jhsaleshub.com. And don't forget to download and subscribe to the show to get new episodes as they become available. 
Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed by participants are their own, are subject to change, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of John Hancock. Actual results may be more or less favorable. This material does not constitute advice. Anyone interested in these transactions or topics may want to seek advice based on his or her particular circumstances from independent professionals. For the stat, 99% of all U.S. businesses are defined as small businesses. The source is U.S. Small Business Association 2020 Small Business profile https colon slash slash cdn.advocacy.sba.gov trust should be drafted by an attorney familiar with such matters in order to take into account income and estate tax laws including the generation skipping tax failure to do so could result in adverse tax treatment of trust proceeds life insurance death benefit proceeds are generally excludable from the beneficiary's gross income for income tax purposes there are few exceptions such as when a life insurance policy has been transferred for valuable consideration. This material is not intended for use by a taxpayer for the purposes of avoiding any IRS penalty. Comments on taxation are based on John Hancock's understanding of current tax law, which is subject to change. No legal, tax, or accounting advice can be given by John Hancock, its agents, employees, or licensed agents. Loans and withdrawals will reduce the death benefit, cash surrender value, and may cause the policy to lapse. Lapse or surrender of a policy with a loan may cause the recognition of taxable income. Policies classified as modified endowment contracts may be subject to tax when a loan or withdrawal is made. A federal tax penalty of 10% may also apply if the loan or withdrawal is taken prior to age 59 and a half. Some riders may have additional fees and expenses associated with them. Vitality is the provider of the John Hancock Vitality Program in connection with policies issued by John Hancock. Aspire is not available in New York, Idaho, and Puerto Rico. The benefits available under Aspire can vary depending on whether the insured has type 1 or type 2 diabetes, the type and coverage amount of the life insurance policy purchased, and the level of on-duo engagement with the John Hancock Vitality Program. Eligibility for an on-duo membership is also subject to on-duo's qualification requirements. Certain aspects of Aspire may change over time. There is no coordination between Aspire and any health benefits you may receive from an insurance policy, health plan, or any other wellness program you may be enrolled in. Aspire is offered through life insurance policies with the John Hancock Vitality Program. Products or services offered under the Vitality Program are not insurance and are subject to change. There may be additional costs associated with these products or services, and there are additional requirements associated with participation in the program. For more information, please contact the company at jhaspire.com or via telephone at 877-355-2376. Life insurance products are issued by John Hancock Life Insurance Company USA, Boston Mass 02116, not licensed in New York, and John Hancock Life Insurance Company of New York, Valhalla, New York, 10595. This recorded material may have been recorded to support the promotion or marketing of the topics addressed in this recorded material. Individuals interested in the topics discussed should consult with their professional advisors to examine legal, tax, accounting, or financial aspects of these topics. MLINY 0208-20272-1.